With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. We did some college football in the 7 o'clock hour. want to get to more college football here because it is a big college football weekend. Get to some of these games that we didn't get a chance to talk about. Again, lots of moving parts here this weekend, KJ, as far as the college football playoff goes. We didn't talk about this one, but if you're rooting for chaos, if you're one of these teams, a Texas, an Alabama, I guess even now, uh, uh, you know, you look at like a Florida State that's ho- hoping to hold on and be undefeated and get in. You look at a game, number 16, Oregon State, at number six, Oregon, Oregon 10 and 1, Oregon State 8 and 3. Kind of the last time these two teams are going to meet because, of course, Oregon's leaving the Pac 12. There's only going to be two Pac 12 teams left when it's all said and done. But this the is a big pop. game because, if, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're, if you're Texas, if you're Alabama, you need Oregon to drop this game because that would basically eliminate them from any chance of being in the top four, and you would leapfrog them. The spread here is Oregon by 13-and-a-half at home, the total at 62-and-a-half. This is a huge game. The Beavers' disappointing loss to Washington last week by two. They played that game tough. Again, a lot of people were rooting for the – Beavers to win that game to get Washington out of the playoff. What do we like here in this last edition of a rivalry game? I expect Oregon State to play tough, but what's tough about Oregon State is the quarterback play, right? It's it's very sometimey and flaky. So if there's a play I have is under 62 and a half, but you almost feel like Oregon is going to try and run this number up as much as they possibly can just to show that, okay, hey, we, we beat a ranked opponent. It's a it's a it's an in-state rivalry game. We were able to throttle it because, as you mentioned, with them being one of the one losses, you still know that Alabama is still lurking to play Georgia in the SEC championship game. So if if Alabama wins that game against Georgia, now Georgia's a one-loss team, Alabama's still a one-loss team, and Oregon's out of the picture for sure. So Oregon has to really put up the points to show that they, they've dominated not only their in-state rival, but another ranked team, just so that way they can get back into the fold of things. Because right now, Washington is the team out of the Pac-12. And so you can't really imagine two teams coming out of the Pac-12, but they might deservedly have so if other things happen. So I think Oregon wins the game. I like the under because I think Oregon State will keep it close early, just in terms of just being able to frustrate Bo Nix a little bit but I don't think that the 13 and a half that's a play because now I mean it might it might hit towards the very end so that's what that's the weird feeling I have is like when they go up by 14 and there's probably about five minutes left in the fourth quarter yeah I, I'm with you I think that Oregon State's gonna do everything they can to keep this game under the 62 and a half it it's for their benefit I don't think they can win a shootout 
with Oregon and Bo right. Nix in that offense. So they need to keep it down. So I would actually be on the under as well uh, if I were going to play this game. The interesting conversation, though, is let's say Oregon wins today. So now they get mm-hmm. to 11-1. and They play in the Pac-12 title game against an undefeated Washington and win that game. Now the question mm-hmm. becomes, you've got a one-loss Oregon. You've got a one-loss Washington. You're going to have a one-loss either Ohio State or Michigan. Let's say Florida State loses a game as well, so that would el- probably eliminate them. I would imagine if they lose to Florida or to Louisville in the ACC title game, they're done. How do you pick between all of those one-loss teams to figure out who's going to get there? Because you'd have Oregon, Washington, Texas, Alabama, Michigan State, or Ohio State. I would not want to be on the committee at that point trying to figure out. And, and you know what? Georgia as well, because if you have Alabama with just one loss, that means they would have beaten Georgia. You'd have six or seven one-loss teams for basically the three spots behind the Michigan-Ohio State winner. I'm rooting for that. I want to see them have to figure this out. Agent Chaos, Bill Rowland. Look, Amen. Here's, so, right, so here's what would happen in an Oregon situation. Because Washington beat Oregon at Oregon, if they lose on a neutral site, I still say that the Washington win road is stronger than a game that's at a neutral site. So if they lose in a, fo- in a follow-up matchup, depending on how bad the loss looks, if it's a close game like the first one was, then Washington still remains the number one team. The argument would have been Oregon should have won that game at home. I think the interesting one would be Georgia. And I've been saying, I probably see at the beginning of last, the beginning of the season, we had a guest on from Atlanta. I said, Georgia's cupcake schedule is going to catch up with them somehow. And I think they may get punished. If they lose to Alabama, then the committee would say, hey, Georgia played a lot of soft opponents. In fact, their game against Tennessee two weeks ago was their first game on the road against a ranked opponent in like 30 games. So Georgia may get punished where you would say, hey, Alabama has beaten more quality teams to get to this point than Georgia has beaten to stay at this point, right? Do you reward the kid that's done well the second half of the school year who's gotten A's or do you reward the kid who got B's at the beginning of the school year and now is slipping into into C's and D's? You'd say, hey, the kid is showing me A work towards the end of the thing versus the kid who was showing off at the early part of the year. I need to know that you can do all of it. So in this one loss scenario, Washington will be in that mix. The If Alabama beats Georgia, Alabama's in. And then Florida State, even with one loss, I think they get in just because now you have all these wow. one-loss teams. And you would still be able to have a representative from the ACC. So that's the other part. I, I think because with all this conference realignment that's happening, the one conference that really can't have any moving parts, like Florida State can't get up and leave, Miami can't leave. These Clemson can't leave. They're there to like 2037. So the last thing you want to do is to kind of run one conference afoul as all these other things are changing because all that stuff could be made up as the playoff extends next year. You think they would take the one loss Florida State team without their starting quarterback over the team who loses Michigan, Ohio State? Or would they, would they be one of the other teams in? Because you're going to have an undefeated Ohio State or Michigan in unless Iowa somehow pulls off some stunner. But that team's going to be in. So you'd have, in this scenario, Georgia, Alabama, 
let's say Texas wins the Big 12. You'd have the loser of Ohio State, Michigan. You have Washington. You'd have Oregon, all with one loss. I don't know how you would leave out the loser of Michigan, Ohio State in that scenario. I guess it's possible, but that would be a tough thing, especially if whoever loses doesn't get blown out. Here's how. Let's say Florida State's one loss comes in its ACC championship game. Uh, let's say uh, maybe they play Clemson. Let's say they play Clemson and lose that. Well, game. it's going to be Louisville. They're going to play Louisville. Be, okay, that's already okay, determined. Yep. So, so let's say they lose to Louisville. Then you would have to make the argument like, okay, is their loss to Louisville more? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, more damning? More? No, more more acceptable than okay. the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, not even getting to their conference game. Right. So mm. where the loss comes, I think, plays a part. So if Florida State loses before getting to its conference game, then, yes, make that argument that their loss came at, its, at a res, as a regular season game, just the same way as, as Ohio State or Michigan's. But if Florida State's loss comes to a, a, a Louisville team, then I don't think Louisville be, I think Louisville becomes that first team on the outside or because they get left behind for one of the Michigan Ohio State teams, right? So if Louisville right. wins that champion, if Louisville wins all the way out, I don't know if they usurp the loser of Ohio State Michigan, but if Florida State wins the ACC and has one loss, I think they do because they're a conference champion and they only have one loss. Fair enough. All right, let's talk about one of the games today, Texas Tech. Six and five at Texas, who is ten and one, and they're sitting number seven in the college football playoff. The line on this game, Longhorns minus fourteen. The total is fifty-two and a half. Again, one of those games, Texas Tech staying where they are, but Texas moving to the SEC. So just like Oregon State and Oregon, this is kind of the end of what has been a big rivalry. Texas Tech won this game last year, thirty-seven, thirty-four in overtime. So Texas looking for a little bit of revenge and Texas trying to hold on to any slim hope that they have to win win uh, today and then win the Big 12 championship and then cross your fingers, hope that they somehow get enough chaos to get into the college football playoff. But with the Longhorns down, they're starting running back, and also Quinures is still hurt with that shoulder injury. He's going to play, but he hasn't been himself. Can they do enough to cover the 14? I hope Jenks is not awake listening to this or watching this. I can almost probably bet 100 to 1 that he's not up or listening to this. Yeah. Is yes. This has the feeling of an Oklahoma State-Oklahoma game where it just clearly seems that one team is clearly better than the other. They're going their separate ways. But someone says, let's, let's have one more for the road. And then you realize you're like, boy, this was really good when we had it. That's why I think Texas Tech covers – this game gets very interesting. If there's kind of a wild card game, you would say, you know what? Is there a game that you would take a chance on the money line for a big payout? It would be Texas Tech beating Texas because it feels mm. like Texas is busy looking up above them what Oklahoma was doing. Remember when Oklahoma was undefeated? And they, it seemed like they were busy looking at what was happening above them and trying to keep up with them and not taking, front, taking care of what's in front of them right now. As you mentioned, down there starting running back. Quinn Ehrs has pretty much tried to muscle his way through the season. This is one of those games, you know, the, in the NFL we call them trap games. But this may be the ultimate trap game that Texas Tech can say, here's a little going out present, just the same way that Oklahoma State gave one to Oklahoma 
and pretty much killed Oklahoma's season. So this is one of those risk plays that I would say I like Texas Tech on the money line just because sometimes Sarkeesian can be asleep at the wheel and his team. And again, you have history of them losing to him just last year with virtually all the same people in place, if anything. You had a better running back in B. John Robinson last year. So I like Texas Tech to potentially pull off the upset at plus 450. That's interesting. You definitely get your money's worth at it at plus 450, no doubt. And Texas still kind of reeling, I think, from losing that Oklahoma game late because if they yeah. win that game, they're clearly in the top four cruising to the college football playoffs. So uh, yeah. it will be interesting there for Texas Tech. All right, real quick, we'll get to the Iron Bowl. This one tomorrow, number eight Alabama, 10-1 and one at Auburn, 6-5. and five. And Auburn coming off just a uh, God-awful loss to New Mexico State last week. Alabama, big, big number here, 13-and-a-half in the Iron Bowl. Again, it's on the road, 650 on the money line. The total set at 48. Talked to P.J. Glasser yesterday. He was an Alabama grad. He said if this was at Alabama, he'd have no problem laying 13-and-a-half, 14 on up. He's like, but he just doesn't like going to Auburn because weird things happen in this game at Auburn. I'm a little more confident than he is. I think Alabama rolls in this, even though they're looking ahead to Georgia next week for the SEC title game. I just don't trust Auburn on any level. Yeah, I think Alabama will use this as those old Saturday morning wrestling matches where it would be like Macho Man Savage versus the guy who lives next door to you, right? I think they're going to use Alabama is going to use this Auburn game to really iron sharpen iron with their players to be ready for the game with Georgia next week. So I, I'm not scared. I, you Look, in the past, if you had a decent Auburn team, when you're coming off a loss to New Mexico State and you, you're like, Did, aren't they on probation? But you're thinking, no, that's the basketball team, I think, that was put on probation. When you start thinking like that, you're like, damn, they really lost to them? So Auburn is trying to save face. And sometimes when you try to save face, it can get uglier. So I like Alabama to probably cover the spread by time. Halftime hits. I, I think it's just one of those things that they've got to show that they're serious business and make sure that Georgia notices that they're not asleep at the wheel. I, if you told me that this spread was 18 and a half, I would take it as well. I think you're thinking of maybe the Brooklyn Brawler was the guy on Saturday morning wrestling. Yeah. Well, he, well, he became, yeah, well, Brooklyn Brawler ended up becoming like other guys, Doink the Clown. He was the second Doink the yeah. Clown. So he had a little bit, and we're friends on Twitter, ironically. <laughs> we follow each other. He had a little run. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.